got this message through the coronavirus pandemic. I uh, was quarantined for a couple of weeks at the house and just praying through what we do as a church. And uh, that happened in July. But even before that, I was like, God, what do we, like as a church, how many know, you, I know you think I got a bat line to God. Like I got this red phone sitting in my house. Bring, all right, God, yep, mm-hmm, buy the building, cool, got it. Yep, you're going to give all the money, got it, cool. No, that, that ain't really how it works. My hotline to God is just like your hotline to God. The only difference may be that I use mine a little bit more. And what do you mean, Pastor? I connect with him every single day. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just telling you, it's a prayer. It's connecting. It's reading his word. And so I just try to connect with God. And God has never spoken to me audibly. I know some of you, maybe you've had that experience, but he gives me impressions. He speaks to my spirit. Just like that Jeremiah 32, 27, I open up my Bible and I'm, I'm praying and talking and asking God and he gives me his word. Now, you know there's a difference in the Bible between logos and rhema. Logos is the written word that you read in any time while you're reading it. The rhema word of God is when you read his word and it comes alive in your spirit. You guys know that, right? If you don't, I want you to know there's, so, so we read the logos, we read the, the word of God every day, but not every scripture I read comes alive. There comes a moment where the rhema word, that means the God inside of me connects with the God that's in that verse, and he says, you need this for this day, and that's the power of a quiet time, because when I walk out, I walk out with a fresh rhema revelation and a word for things I haven't even encountered yet. Some of you think, well, God, I don't need your life. Life's okay, but the truth is, you don't know how good it would be if you would connect with him every day and get his rhema word in your heart. So anyway, I was just praying, and, and this passage, Romans chapter 4, verse 17, came into my, my purview, and I just, I read it, and I've read it year after year for, it's probably been about 10 years I've read the Bible through every year. And so I, I get the one-year Bible app, or the, the, the Bible app, and I go through the one-year plan on that app, and I read through it. So I have a physical one, and I have one on my phone. Sometimes I switch it up, and this passage came up. Now, this is the, the story of Abraham. Now, Abraham, if you don't know, if you're new to Christianity, the majority of his life can be found in Genesis. Uh, and so he is the one that God calls out of his homeland, out of the land of Ur, and calls him to the land of Canaan, which is the land of promise. And God did that to separate Abraham from his people. God wanted to create a new people from this person. So he calls him out. And he originally was named Abram, but God gives him eventually the name Abraham, the father of many. Now, that may not sound like a big deal to you because in hindsight, everything's 2020. I mean, you know, it's like, oh, hindsight, oh, God, I knew you was going to do it. Oh, hindsight, it's like history. It's, it's great when you can look back. But, but the interesting thing about God calling him Abraham, the, the father of many, is the fact that he was impotent and Sarah was barren. That their whole life... They hadn't had kids. They couldn't have kids. And so God speaks into this man, you will be a father, but not just a father, a father of a great nation. And we know he does. He becomes the father of the Jewish nation and ultimately the father of our Christian faith. And so God called what was impossible to become possible. And so if I were to title this message today, it would be In Hope Against Hope. 
in hope against hope. I think through the coronavirus, look, I've heard so many different stories. Some of you have had the best time of your life. You're reconnecting with family. Your business is blessed. You're healthy. All things are going good. But then there's this whole other side of people that have experienced the worst season in your marriage, the worst season in your family. You lost your job. You don't have any money in the bank. You've lost your business. Life is tough. You're hanging on by a thread. And it feels like, God, you lied to me. You pulled the carpet out from under my feet. The beginning of the year, pastor said, moving forward. But there ain't no moving forward. No, 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 God, I've been moving backwards. Don't forget, sometimes you got to go backwards to go forwards. In hope against hope. In hope against hope. And some of you are like, well, I'm good. But there will be a day when you'll need hope when there is a hopeless situation. So we read this passage and we see Abraham. I want to start in verse 17. Now I'm doing the message translation. So the Bible has all these great translations. Usually I read out the NIV, uh, sometimes the Amplified. The message is not a theologically uh, a theological Bible that you would study from theologically, but it gives us paraphrases. It kind of breaks it down into the modern English language so that we can understand the story better. So I thought this translation would really help us understand what happens and how God obtained or how Abraham obtained what was physically impossible. His miracle, his promise. So here we go in verse 17. It says, We call Abram. Father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint. How many glad you don't have to be perfect? Come on, let me ask you again. How many glad you don't have to be perfect? There ain't no perfect people in church. It says, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in Scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many people. And Abraham was first named father and then became father. So God named him and then he became that which God named him. And it's not because Abraham was great and he did everything perfect. Abraham didn't do everything perfect. He made a lot of mistakes. Some of you think what God has called you to be is based on your performance. Thank God that's a lie. It's not based on your performance. It's based on the God who spoke it into your life. You do have to do a few things, but I don't have to perform. I don't have to make it happen. Since he became father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life with a word. Everybody say word. Make something out of nothing. God uses his word to create what doesn't exist and make it exist with a word. Everybody say word one more time. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but what God said he would do. And so he was made the father of a multitude of people. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. And then verse 19 through 25, Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise. He plunged into the promise. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he said. And that's why it's said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. Father, I pray that your word would fall on good soil. Help us to have ears to hear and a heart to understand. Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak to us in these next couple of minutes. In Jesus' name, and everyone said.
Now, this passage is fascinating. Really, I would encourage you to go back. All I want to do is just spark your desire to go back and really study it. It's an extremely fascinating passage where we see God speak into Abraham's life. It says God spoke that he was a father, then he became a father. What I propose is that the seed of the father was in Abraham before he knew it was in him. God creates us whole and complete, fashions us, predestines us. He puts the seed of destiny inside of each and every one of us. You're not an accident. I need you to know that. Some of you, your mom or your dad said you were an accident. You kind of slipped up. You kind of just surprised us, but you didn't surprise God. God put the seed of purpose, the seed of destiny on the inside of each and every one of you, and it is our responsibility to discover what that vision and seed is. And so we see what Abraham did. He's in the presence of God, and God speaks to him. Now, that means it was already in there, and he said, but you're going to be a father, and it says he became a father. How could he become a father? Because now he had the vision of what God planted on the inside of you. Some of you have got something on the inside of you. You don't feel normal. You don't feel like you fit in. You've always felt like something's different, and the truth is something is different. God put his seed of purpose on the inside of you. You'll never look like everybody else. You'll never talk like everybody else. You'll never act like everybody else because God put destiny inside of you. And so you walk around trying to fit in here and trying to fit in there, and it's never going to happen. Why? Because God placed something in you. But now you've got to uncover, God, what is it that you placed on the inside of me? See, Abraham wouldn't have become that had God not spoken what he put on the inside because God had to paint a picture of his purpose. God had to paint a picture and give him a vision for the future. You can feel something and not know what that something is. In fact, look, let me show you this. They've got a little table here. So here's the problem that I believe is happening in the church at large is that for most people, we realize that God has called us and put something inside of us as a Christian and even non-believers. The Ecclesiastes says God puts eternity in the hearts of men. So you don't even have to be a believer, but you know there's something inside. I would call God's vision, God's purpose for your life, it's like a seed, and it sits inside of the heart of every single person. And the only thing that will call it out is the word of God. God speaks a word and it begins to unlock that seed. But the problem is when we don't spend time with God, when we don't connect with God, that seed never comes alive. We don't even know what it is. We just know that something is there. And I thought about it. Why, why is it that we, we don't know the vision and the purpose that God put inside of us, just like this seed. Think about this seed. I know, I know you can't see it, but, but let me ask you this. Somebody tell me what this seed is. Come on, what kind of seed? Somebody's like, I'm hoping it's a pear. Someone's like, I'm hoping it's a watermelon. Come on, a lemon. Right? I mean, does anybody know what it is? No, you don't have a clue why. Because you don't have a vision for what it is. So just because you look at a seed, I didn't, you, you didn't buy it. I bought it. I know what the seed is. Why? Because I bought it. I paid for it. Jesus paid for the seed that's inside of your life. He knows what's inside of you. God fashioned you. God formed you. 
And the challenge for a lot of people is you never went to the source of the original design to ask him, God, what is my purpose? Yeah, you might have found success, but success doesn't equate purpose. How many have ever heard, man, I don't want to live my life climbing the ladder and realize at the end of my life it's leaning against the wrong building. Success is not the ultimate for life. It's significance. God, I did what you created me to do. What you put inside of me has come forth and the world is blessed. But look, I'll tell you what it is. It's a winter squash. Why? Because that's what my wife bought at the store. She thought we needed some winter squash. Now let me ask you this. Since I've given you a vision for what this seed is, now you know when to plant it, how to nurture it, where to plant it, and how to take care of it. Some of you have got the seed of God's purpose, but you've never understood what you're supposed to do with it because you don't even know what it is. It's just something on the inside. But that's one of the reasons we have next steps. Why? It's a four-week process to help you uncover your God-given design. Some of you, you just got this seed of purpose, but you have no idea how do I discover that design? What's the vision for my life? Well, that's why you got to know what your spiritual gifts are and your personality, and then we help infuse that with a plan to get you moving forward so that the purpose of God actually comes to pass. We don't just do next steps because we want to fill your time. There is a purpose to it. I think the second reason people never really uncover what that seed is on the inside is because they don't have a relationship with God. You can't uncover your design apart from the creator. You have to have a relationship with God. And that's why our vision is we want you to know God. That's the first step of the spiritual journey. Why? Because when you know God, when you have an authentic relationship encounter with God, now God can do his perfect work in your life. Not that you got to be perfect, but he begins to just move, getting you better, keeping you moving forward, developing, maturing, and growing as a believer. So first of all, I don't think you take the time. Don't do what God's placed. You don't know God. And think about this. Here's what's interesting. When we look at the scripture, I know some of you say, well, pastor, are you sure that I have a purpose? Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, and you've heard this passage, says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And so that hope and that future is the seed that God puts. It's, it's like, it's, it's vision. So think about this. God called him a father and then he became a father. I like to say vision is really this. Vision is the ability to see beyond your present reality into the future reality of what God has for you. Beyond the present reality. I know your business went under. I'm not basing your purpose and God's vision for your life on what has happened in the last couple of months. I know your marriage is on the rocks. I know that maybe you have gone furlough and your income has decreased. But it's not based on what your circumstance is right now. It's based on the future and what God's planted inside of you. That's what vision does. It pulls you beyond this current reality into a God reality and brings to pass what God wants my life to be. Vision. And I think that's the reason I'm really concerned here is because the enemy wants to destroy your vision. He wants you to not have vision. In fact, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, people perish. You feel like you're dying on the inside. You feel like I'm drifting. You feel like there's nothing for me to hold on to. You just feel lost. Someone without vision is like someone driving at night without headlights. 
driving your car. Don't be surprised when you wind up in a ditch or stranded in the road. Why? Because you got no lights in front of you. Your life without vision is you just end up drifting. You're lost. You never find your way. So look, okay, we got the vision of God. He puts a seed in it, and so God will begin to speak to you. He'll put it inside. Man, I've called you blessed. Did you know there's over 4,000 promises that God's put in the Bible for each and every believer? 4,000 promises. Those are not just promises for everybody else. Those are promises that God put in his word that as a believer you can stand on. God gives you peace that passes understanding. God said he would heal your broken body according to Isaiah 53, 5. And then Jeremiah 1:12 says that he watches his words to see that they're fulfilled, that those promises that we stand on, God is watching to see that they're done in your life. The problem is most people don't know that God has promises. And that's my concern now is even this biblically illiterate American culture. I was reading a a study by Christianity Today, and they said 20% of Christians never read their Bible. 20%. Only 60% read it occasionally, and then only 20% read their Bible every day. Think about Out of 100% of Christians, only 20% read the Bible every single day. And we wonder why we live defeated. We wonder why we don't have God's promises. If I were to ask you, what promise are you standing on? What are you believing that God has spoken to your life? If your answer is, I don't know, you've got to get into the Word of God. And let that rhema word... Be planted in your life. So, so I was thinking, so the first thing is God gives him a picture, gives him vision. you got to discover it. The second thing is, if you want God's promise, God's purpose to come to pass, you got to get planted in the church. you got to get planted in the church. Now, now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, Pastor, that sounds so self-serving. I mean, I, I get it. I know you're saying... Hey, pastor, listen, you're just saying that because you want more people to come to church. No, no, I'm I'm not just saying that because I want more people to come to church. I'm saying that because Psalm 92.12 says that the righteous shall flourish. You are righteous. If you're a believer, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that you have been made the righteousness of God. So it doesn't matter what you feel like, it's who you are. You had an exchange. The cross of Calvary, there was an exchange. Jesus took your sin nature, you took his divine nature, you are the righteousness of God. And so it says here, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. And then look like the cedars of Lebanon, you'll grow. And look at what it says right here. Those who are, everybody say that word. Come on, say it out loud. If you're at home, say it at home. Come on. Planted where? Planted in your life, planted in your business, planted in society, planted in the government. No, those things are good in of themselves, but that's not where God said to plant your life. He said, look, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. God has called us to plant his vision in the house of the God which is the local church. That's why I'm concerned when I read the stat a couple of weeks ago that 32% of Christians have left the church. A stat by Barna, the current state of the church, just recently through this COVID pandemic, he noted that 32 32% of consistent, regular attendees at church have left the church. They're not going to church. They're not watching church. Why is that? Because the enemy knows that if he can keep you from being planted 
in the soil of God, the house of God, the place of God. He can keep you from producing the seed of God's purpose in your life. you got to plant the seed of God's word in you in the church that God's placed around you. There's no other way. I, I, you, I don't know if you know anything about seeds. I'm not a big gardener. Don't know a whole lot. A lot of people got green thumbs. I got a brown thumb. Um, <laughs> but, but this is what I know. Did you know that a seed in your hand will never produce? It'll never germinate. The, the word there is germinate. Not because I'm smart. I just looked it up. Come on, somebody. I had to find the right term. Germinate. What does that mean? That means it's planted in a place where the pressure of the soil forces the, pro the production of the fruit. And so there is something about when it's placed in the soil, the pressure of that soil, the nutrients of that soil, force the seed to come alive, force that seed to produce. And some of you, you got the vision. God gave you a vision. He said you would be blessed. He said that you would have a business, whatever he spoke. Maybe it's to buy land. Maybe it's to have peace. Maybe it's to start a family. I thank God for Tara and Jared. God gave them a word that they would have a baby, and now they're having a baby. And so you got this seed, you got this word, it's on the inside of you. But the problem is, it doesn't take just the seed in you, it's the seed in you that's planted in the church. And so those of you that have left, and maybe you just showed back up today, the enemy will say, well, you don't have to be planted. Listen, pastor didn't say hi to you. Your leader offended you. Somebody said something, said something dirty about you. All that is an attack of the enemy to try to get you out of the place that will produce the future, the purpose, the vision that God has for you. It's an attempt of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy what God's placed inside of you. And so you have to understand, this, this, the soil of the church is bigger than just pastor. It's bigger than your leaders. It's everything that is working together in this place. And God says, you need what's in the soil. I don't maybe like this person or that person. It ain't about your preference. It's not about what you like or don't like. It's the soil that you need to produce the harvest God's called you to produce. One of the biggest victories I had in my life. My mom planted us in the local church. We went to the same local church for more than 20 years. Not because the pastor was perfect. I didn't even agree with everything. We don't even do church like I used to do church. But I look back now and I recognize it was the power of staying planted. It was the power. And there were times when we could have got offended. There were times when they did things that I didn't agree with. There were, anybody ever go to church where you had three offerings in church? Come on. Some people complain when I talk about money. We don't even pass offering plates. And I remember back in the day, I'd feel like, good Lord. But it didn't matter about my preference. It mattered about me being planted. Planted. And being planted in that house allowed the seed of God's word, the seed of God's destiny to produce the harvest that you're experiencing today. It's the power of staying planted. It's the power of saying, God, I, I choose to commit to stay in the place that you put me. The power of the seed is only unlocked through the soil. Third thing is this. Here's the last thing, and I'm closing. You got to discover God's vision the seed that he placed inside of you. You got to plant it in the house. And, and let me just say this. When I say plant it, let me just, someone say, how do I plant it? Run the play of the church you're a part of. I would love for Anchor Bend to be your church. If you're watching, we're not your church. Whatever church you go to, wherever you're at, 
be planted there by running the play. Whatever they tell you to do, do it. In other words, here, come back 52 weeks out the year. We don't miss a Sunday worship experience. Why? Because we're legalists? No, because God speaks to us on Sunday. It's the priority of our week. Our families get together. We come to church 52 weeks out the year. Second thing is you go to small groups. Get involved in a small group. That's how God produces freedom in our lives. James 5.16 says that if we'll confess our faults one with another and pray for one another, you will be healed. God brings healing in the context of relationship, and God brings forgiveness in the context through him in prayer. It's amazing. Go to next steps. You hadn't been there? Go. We, we do it in person. We do it online. Uncover your purpose, and then ultimately serve on the dream team. That's the play here. So when you get planted, you run the play. Everybody say, run the play. Why would I run the play? Because God brought you to this house. If he wanted you to run a different play, he'd have taken you to a different church. That's where God has us, and that's where God has you. So stop arguing with God. You keep complaining about your life, what's not working, why it won't happen. And he's saying, if you get planted, it will. Here's the third thing, and I'm, I'm, I promise, I promise, I'm tapping out. I'm done. You got me fired up. Phyllis preached last weekend, didn't she do an amazing job? I'm so, so, I, so you're just getting me all fired up this week. Here's the third thing. Last thing is you got to protect the vision of God for your life. You got to protect it. So once it's planted, you got you got to protect it. You got to protect. I think this is the part that we forget. This is what happened in COVID. Can I just be honest? First couple of months, churches are growing. People are excited, everything. And then what happens is we get comfortable in dysfunction. We get comfortable in a place we were never supposed to settle in. We settle in. We say, oh, this is a new normal. And listen, I, I get it. I know there's a new normal, but I choose to not settle in the place I'm supposed to pass through. God, I know this is where we're at, but I'm not staying there. And I think what happened is God planted people in the church. Then the, the, we started to see fruit in their life. And through COVID, they got transplanted. Through COVID, it's like, well, we, it doesn't really matter. It's all online anyway. Nobody's going to miss you if you don't show up. But when you stay planted, so many of you stayed faithful week in and week out. Five months straight, you tuned in. You worshiped in your house. You were part of Zoom small groups. You stayed planted. Why? Because even if you didn't know it, something on the inside said, I cannot leave the place that God has me planted. There's something inside of me that's greater. I choose to protect it. I choose to guard it. I choose to be planted. Because the enemy wants to pull you out. And here's, here's what I know. When you look at the life of Abraham, you got to go back and study it. There, there was only one time that he stopped believing what God spoke in his life. One time. That was when his wife, Sarah, stopped believing God's word for them. In Genesis chapter 16, verse 2, look at the atmosphere of what was happening. See, God promised them, and Sarah heard the promise. You're going to be a father. She even laughs. God called her out on it. She heard from God, and yet what we see is there came a point. See, would you may not understand is they didn't have Isaac, the promise, until Sarah was 90 years old and Abraham was 100. Come on, somebody. That is Oh, 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 old. I'm like, good Lord. It was 65 when he got the promise. And, and, and she, I'm thinking, what? I, I'm done. I'm tapped out. I was tapped out at 32. Like, yo, I'm, I'm done. No more kids. And so Sarah's getting old now. She's like, I'm, I was old then. I'm really old. Look at what she says. So she says to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah 
said. He let his guard down. He got a seed of compromise placed in his heart. And because of that, we know an Ishmael was produced. You've been in church, you've heard lots of sermons probably on Ishmael producing out of your own effort. And to this day, the offspring of Ishmael and the offspring of Isaac, they battle today Islam and Christianity from the seed of a mistake when they stop believing God's promise. And so we see he stopped protecting it. He stopped, he stopped covering it. That's why Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The enemy will begin to compromise, bring compromise in your heart, in your thoughts, and cause you to think about things God never told you to think about. Look, you can't control your thoughts, but you can control the thoughts you keep. Thought comes in your mind that it's not God. I'm not going to believe that report. I, I know that there's sickness in my body and I'm experiencing it, but I believe God is a healer. Isaiah 53, 5 says that by his stripes I am healed. And so I believe in faith on his word, not ignoring the facts. That's the thing I love about Abraham, right? The thing about Abraham that makes it such a powerful story, I believe so many times Christians can put your head in the sand, kind of like an ostrich. You just kind of bury. A problem comes and you bury your head. A problem comes, you just bury your head. Now, God, he, he ain't scared of the facts. Call the fact what it is. There is sickness in my body, but I know a God who is greater than sickness. There is pain in this knee, but I know a God that will heal this knee. I know there's no money in my bank account. Listen, you broke. You ain't got to say, I'm rich. I'm rich. No, no, I got it. What makes you rich? The word of God makes you rich. So don't just declare something. There, look, there's a huge difference from thinking God may do something for you to believing God will do something for you. And I think as Christians, there's some frustrated people sitting in here right now. You're like, Pastor, I get it. God put a seed in me, and I prayed about it, and I'm just saying, God, you, you do what, what it is you want to do, and you're standing on a word that Pastor said. I need you to know a word that Pastor said will not get you the promise that God planted in your heart. A prayer will not necessarily get you the promise God planted in your heart. Do you know what will get you the promise? It's only the word of God. It's the word. God is watching. Jeremiah 1.12, he is watching to see that his word is fulfilled. Not your opinion. Not what pastor said. So if you got a promise, you got to get in the word. God, I declare your word. You said that I would be blessed coming in and blessed going out. That I would be the head and not the tail. You grab a hold of the scripture and you say, God, I choose to believe you regardless of the facts. That's what Abraham did. And then Psalm 145, 13, declare this over your life. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. Listen, God always keeps his promises. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to what? To keep his promise. To what? To keep his promise. I don't see it in about what you see. I don't feel it. It's not about what you feel. I know it. And that's based in the foundation of the Word of God. We protect it. We don't leave. We stay planted. We, because that's the beauty of a seed. Here, here, here's the thing, the last thing. When you plant the seed, now it's the power of the environment that produces. 
That's how come it says he was named, he was, he was named father and then became father. God, I planted this seed of destiny in the place you've called me to so I don't have to produce. I'm going to run the play, but God, when it's your time, you're going to open up the right opportunity, not an Ishmael, not something I manufactured or manipulated or produced in and of myself, but God, I stay planted. I'm not looking to the left. I'm not looking to the right. God, I'm staying planted. And then God brings that divine opportunity. Why? Because it's the responsibility of God to produce the seed in your life when you stay planted in his house. Man, then when you walk in, it's like this church. I didn't build this church. God built the church. I didn't buy that property. You know what I did? I planted the seed of God's word in the hearts of God's people. And I said, if this is God, God's going to do it. And guess what? It didn't take me getting up here and doing three offerings and trying to manipulate your heart. I cast vision. I said, I believe the Lord spoke to me. Jeremiah 32, 27. Is there anything impossible for me? And as a church, we grabbed a hold of the vision. As the church, we declared the word of God. And as a church, we experienced... The miracle of the seed of what God planted in our hearts. And I'm telling you, we live in a day that you need a miracle because the world needs to see that God is real. And I believe some of you, you've been waiting and God's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is your season. 2020 is not over. The word God gave us was moving forward. This is our year to move forward. Yeah.